Hey, listeners, I have such a treat for you this week on the podcast. Thank you for being here, first and foremost. But I have a special guest, Andrew Hubbard, here. And I have to say, this is one of my favorite guest episodes because, you know, sometimes we bring people in and we only talk about the thing. This episode, we get really personal. And I love this about Andrew, that he is so kind, so generous, so down to earth. He tells us his backstory of how he got started as a Facebook ads manager, how he created his business and how it built up so big that he ended up burning himself out and sort of what he did to change his life, change his decision, change his business and refocus his priorities so that he could create a life that he loved that felt really good as well. And he shares a lot about how he and his wife have partnered in a business for building up her YouTube channel. So I think you're going to love this. Is there something for everybody? Because as he's explaining his wife's business and how they've built this YouTube channel up to really explosive results, he talks about what it was like getting started. And I know what it's like, and you know what it's like. It's hard, and it's ugly, and it kind of sucks. And so he shares that, but he also gets to share what it's like on the other side of that when you just keep going and you persevere. At the end, we started digging into how do we innovate with our Facebook ads? And we kind of geek out about, you know, what's working, what's not working, what can we do to get the best out of Facebook ads when everything seems to be changing and algorithms and oh my gosh. So I know you're going to love this episode. You're definitely going to want to stay to the end because what Andrew is sharing all the way at the end is really about what helps him to stay balanced, what helps his energy, what helps him to stay clear and present for his family. And, you know, it's not just work, work, work. So he really drops some big bombs on us at the end that you're not going to want to miss. So please take a listen to this week's episode of the Lined and Stoppable podcast with Andrew Hubbard. And make sure you take a screenshot right now and share it on your Instagram story so that both me and Andrew know that you're listening to us and we can connect with you over on Instagram. You can tag both of us in your story so we can get connected. Thanks for listening. Let's get started with this week's episode. You're listening to the Aligned and Unstoppable podcast. I'm your host, Emily Ahrens. I've been an energy healer for nearly two decades, and now I'm best known as a spiritual guide to scaling your business. I help entrepreneurs harness the power of energy work, spirituality, and strategy to clear blocks and create breakthroughs. If you're ready for that next level, this is the place for a down-to-earth approach to woo and biz. Hang out with me every week and learn how to navigate away from self-doubt and into ease, clarity, and business success. Stop second-guessing yourself and trust in that inner knowing. The truth is you already have everything you need. You just need to learn how to access it. And that's what I'm here for. Hey, listeners, welcome back to the podcast. You can probably hear it in my voice. I'm already smiling because I have a very special guest with me today. Um, My guest today is Andrew Hubbard. And I know Andrew from working with him through a program that I'm a part of. He is the resident Facebook ads specialist. I have and many occasions really put myself out there to try to work even closer with him because I think he's a great guy. He's the best in the industry as well. But I think that there's just something extra special about what Andrew brings to the table. And he's here with us today. So warm welcome, Andrew. Nice to have you here. Hey, Emily. I'm really excited to be here. Looking forward to our chat. So good. And so I love to have my guests introduce themselves um, instead of me reading a boring bio, which everybody kind of tunes out for anyway, until I stop talking and they all go, okay, what was this person? Who was that? So I would love to pass the mic to you, metaphorically speaking, and have you introduce yourself and how, how you got to this place. Give us a little story of how'd you, how'd you get here? Yeah. So I guess the easiest way to describe me would be I'm a, a marketer, a Facebook advertiser and marketer. Facebook advertising being my specialty and bread and butter and what I do day in, day out. And yeah, up until I think 2015, I was working corporate job, working at the tax office here, actually, wow. um, which makes you super popular. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was working in IT, so totally different field. And I just decided, you know, I was going to leave that and try something different and tried a bunch of different little entrepreneurial things. And when I say little, I just use that word because they never really took off. And I kind of started getting into Facebook advertising with some of my own projects. That turned into working with some clients. 
um, or a client and then multiple clients. And then I ended up building an agency. So I went <laughs> from freelance to agency, grew that to a seven figure agency. How long did uh, that transition happen from doing it on your own to mm, then becoming an agency? I would say about one to two years it was sort wow. of between the first and second year that I started yeah. uh, becoming an agency, bringing bringing people on and getting more clients and doing all that kind of thing. Yeah. 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 And that's a pretty juicy time period too, where everyone's really leaning into ads and man, do they need you? The good old days of Facebook ads, right? <laughs> like, I mean, it was literally. Glory days. Do, yeah, it was the glory days. Um, like I literally, you know, it was just as long as I could do a good job and yeah. I was doing a really good job for clients, they would just refer me to more business than I could handle. Like it was, mm. Yeah, it was it was a good time and a good business to be in and still is if you're really good at it. Yeah. With a caveat, if you're really good at it. And there are a lot of people who are not really good at it, I have to say. Yeah, it's it's a funny thing. Like it's become a, an industry where, uh, and it's sad to see, but it's because it's unregulated. It's become an industry where you've got people who sell courses like how to make money as a social media marketing agency or <laughs> whatever, you know, land your first client in the next two weeks. <laughs> problem with that is if you've never done it before and you land your clients within two weeks, you're learning on their dime. And so there's like all of these people who will think, oh, this is a great money-making opportunity. I'll get into this. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people get burned along the way and it's just, that yeah. is what it is, I guess, but it's sad to see. Yeah. So you built it to the seven-figure business within a couple of years. You're growing, you've got more clients than you can handle. Then sort of what comes after that? Where does that bring you? Yeah. Um, so I guess it kind of, we can dive into this a little bit more as we go as well, but it brings me to to a point where I ended up deciding to leave the agency, left the agency. I, I just got to a point of, of burnout and I thought, I, you know, do I really want to be doing this? Left mm. the agency. And now I just work with a few select partnerships, um, work with people that I just love working with, really enjoy it. Plus we have a closer relationship there as in, you know, partner relationship on, on a yeah. few of those different things. And uh, yeah, so still love doing Facebook ads, still do Facebook ads day in, day out for my own stuff and for a couple of other businesses. And then partnered with my wife on a business is the latest Yeah, yeah. Tell us about that. So that's interesting too. Yeah. So my wife is an occupational therapist. So I'd been saying to her for years, hey, like you should do a YouTube channel. You should, you know, get yourself out there. Like I think it'd be amazing because she's a pediatric. So she specializes in pediatrics, meaning she helps with little babies. And I was like, people love this stuff. Like everyone comes to you for this outside of work as well as at work. You should put some stuff out there. And she's kind of never really into it. And then last year she came to me and said, hey, I think I might do that YouTube channel thing. Okay. Um, yeah. Can you help me do that? And uh, so, yeah, we, we kind of have been doing that. And I mean, it's been crazy. It's just 100,000 subscribers in oh my gosh. Uh, 18 months. Oh my gosh. Well, tell us how that started because I remember you sharing a little bit about how like she was showing up consistently posting videos and at first it was really like nothing was happening and all of a sudden things were shifting. So for people who are maybe considering or maybe they are occupational therapists like, oh, that's a great idea. Maybe I want to do that. What did that look like for her those 18 months? I was getting started. Yeah. So the first thing I say is we've got two kids. One's four and one is two. So just bearing that in mind as well. So yeah, that was, it was hard. Like it started and, you know, she would record at night, like plan the scripts when she could at night and then record at night as well. And the first six months were like nothing, you know, like mm-hmm. it was these tiny little trickle of views and it would get, oh, I got 10 views today. I'm like, oh, I got a new subscriber today. And it was really tough. And, you know, it was kind of like, I just kept saying, like, I know it's hard, but like, it's up to you if you want to keep going. Like it's, it's a grind. Yeah. Um, just know that like it's not the sort of thing where you put a video up and I said that from day one fully expecting it but it's hard when like Emma had never been in that space so it's hard seeing it day and she's kind of going oh you know this is I know you said it would be hard but this is hard yeah you're putting so much energy into something with so little back in return it really is I mean man it really is hard to do that it yeah. is and, and like she was amazing she was working we had the kids to look after and then doing this thing on the side. And after six months, I totally get how that would have felt. And then all of a sudden it just went boom and just hockey stick. Like YouTube wow. for some reason took an old video and decided to start recommending it and that took off and then it, it dropped right off. And huh. she was like, oh, well, that's it. It's done. <laughs> that was my big boom. <laughs> yeah, 
Okay, let's just keep going for a little bit more and say, yeah, 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 we'll keep going. And then it kind of did it again. And then the third time it did it. Yeah, and the, the timing between these is like a month. So it kind okay. of died back down. Okay. And next month there was another video that kind of took off and it kind of dropped off but not quite as much as the first time and then it just went again and that's that was it. It just stayed up there and kept growing. So, yeah, the two, like the main lesson was just, well, first, you're always going to suck when you start something new. <laughs> that For was sure. the hard part as well. Yeah. I mean, you know, she was fussing over those first videos and I just said, look, it doesn't matter. Don't stress. Like it, you could spend five hours planning this video. You could spend 50. It's not going to be a great, you're going to look back in one to two years and go, oh my God, that yeah. was terrible. The shame. Um, yes. the shame. Right. And that was the first thing. And you've just got to stick with it. That was the second lesson. And she looks back now and she does. She said to me the other day, I want to go and delete my first videos. <laughs> But you can't. You can't. you can't do that. You can't do that. I know you want to, but you I, can't. I feel that too, because when I started to do even just meditation videos, I was in my old office that was like 100 square feet. And I sat on the floor and I propped up my phone on like books and a shelf and like, you know, occasionally would fall over. And, you know, I mean, I didn't even buy myself a tripod at first. It was just, I was the professional balancing phone act person. But those first videos, even if you close your eyes, I mean, I still have people, even though I don't have a huge YouTube following, I do still have people who said they have found a video of mine. And when they did the the meditation, that it just did something that no other meditation had ever done, even though the video recording quality was absolutely terrible. And the, the background, like I did the best I could, but it was, it was not good. But that's, it is. And it's like, okay, well, I am here to make a difference. I'm here to help people. It's going to be bad at first. And I think that first tip of it's going to suck. Like, you're going to be bad. Like, it is what it is. You always get better. But I'm so glad that you encouraged her to stick with it. And a lot of people don't have somebody in their life who's so encouraging, even when it looks like it's not working. And I think sometimes, especially as new entrepreneurs, or we're trying new ventures as experienced entrepreneurs, the support system can be a little shaky and having at least like a friend or a few people who can cheer you on when it's in that rough period of kind of sucking and you're not so sure. And like, you could just totally delete everything that you created and like act like it never happened and walk away. (laughs) But keeping with something and keep going, even though it can feel a little heavy, is really important, really valuable. I want to circle back to the burnout piece, real glamorous, because Burnout looks different to everybody. And before we hit record, we were kind of just talking about working a very short work week, minimal hours and kind of having the easy breezy. My kids are three and six. So kind of similar age bracket of like utter chaos. I don't know. My house is sometimes like, and a puppy. Like, why would we get a puppy right now? It's my husband's like, let's talk about another dog in the spring. I'm like, can we just not for a minute? We have the the kids and the dog. We have chickens and goats and ducks. Like we, getting, a, getting a house that are to just take a week off has been an interesting task. But the burnout piece that we were, you were kind of just circling around, around how you built up your business. It was really successful. You have referrals come in. This is like the dream for all entrepreneurs to have these referrals. You don't have to hustle and work hard to get people to come in. They are lined up at your door ready for you. That seems ideal. And yet there was probably something going on internally that was feeling a little heavy. So what did that feel like? And what was burnout like for you? Yeah. So I'll paint that picture a little bit more as well. I mean, so because it was really interesting that you were speaking about the partner and the support and all of that kind of thing, because I mean, that's, I I wouldn't have been able to do that without having that level of support, like incredible amounts of support from my wife to get to that point as well. So to fill in the the story and the gaps there, when I left that corporate job, I took, they were offering redundancies, right? So they were, they were looking to reduce the, the amount of staff and they were saying, hey, we'll give you a payout if anyone wants to leave. And I put my hand up and I was like, yeah, <laughs> I, I really don't enjoy it here. I'm going to take that. <laughs> yeah. And that'll give me a runway to, to do something different. And they were, they were looking at me, I was, I was in my 20s and I was looking at me and I'm like, you're the youngest person we've ever had. Like, what are you doing? Where, like, this is actually the beginning. You You're not supposed yeah. to be. <laughs> That's right. They're like, are you seriously like trying to talk me out of it or that kind of thing? I was like, no, I'm, I'm out. Like I'm gone. And so we just got married and everything. And so going out and I had no idea what I was going to do. 
right? I was just like, this is my runway. I'll figure it out, but I've got to try something. I'm young. We've got no kids. This is my chance to kind of take a shot, do something before I'm like locked down with mortgage kids. And I don't mean locked down in a bad way, but I mean, before oh. I have these serious commitments that yeah. I have to have to take care of, um, now I can kind of do this and just take a risk. So that's what I did. And yeah, I mean, I was like, we mentioned before how I was freelancing and then the agency took one to two years from there. But before I started freelancing and landing Facebook ad clients, there was a like one to two year runway there where I was just trying to figure it out and doing yeah. all these different things. Like I was building mobile apps. I was doing all kinds of, of different mm. things. And, you know, it was hard and I was just watching the cash dwindle down, dwindle down. And then finally got the agency or the freelance work going and then what well, turned the agency. And so once that happened, I was like, you know, I was working huge weeks, like 80 hour weeks. It was just wow. stop. It was wow. like, I would wake up in the morning I would be thinking about work, like I'd be checking ad accounts, you know, on of my course. phone in bed. And then, you know, it was just constant all day. And then I would, you know, have dinner and then I would sit on the couch with my laptop on my lap and I would work till like 11, 12 o'clock. Wow. You know, Started all over again. Yeah. And it was the kind of thing where because I was like spending clients' money and a lot of money, and their businesses were so heavily or and, and still are the ones that I manage now are so heavily dependent on ads. Mm-hmm. Then I just feel this, this heavy responsibility and, you know, it's, it's their money. This is so important. And so it's constantly on my mind, like constantly. And so I was living in the, like, it was this situation where it was just, there was never off. Like I was never present. I would be at barbecues or I'd go somewhere on the weekend and I'd feel this guilt because I wasn't working. I would be thinking about work, like conversations would be happening. And in my head, I was just not there, totally not there. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And so once we had the kids and everything and the agency and staff and whatever, I just realized that much work for that long just got to a point where I was just burning out Mm. and the burnout and then noticing that I'm not really present with Mm. the kids and I'm not really present with the family and like we go to the zoo or something and uh, I'm just thinking about work and I was just thinking, this is, this is not right. I'm mm-hmm. exhausted. Yeah. I'm not enjoying my days. And then when I am doing something that's meant to be enjoyable, I'm physically there, but in my head, You're somewhere else. I'm back at the desk oh. <laughs> and I just realized, you know what, this is like, something's got to change. Something's yeah. got to change. And so that's when I kind of started looking at, okay, how do I make it, make a transition here out of this? And and there's something different. Yeah. So, I mean, I would imagine leaving your job, having that pay, watching it dwindle, trying to kind of figure out what it is that you're doing. And then you find something that sticks and it's you're killing it. Basically, you're I mean, you have a great reputation, Andrew. You are, I think, the best in the business at what you do. Um, not to fluff your ego, but hey, I'll fluff your ego a little bit. Uh, <laughs> I know. Who doesn't love that? But you are, you're the best in the business at doing what you do. And so for you to feel that, I mean, that that glimpse of going, I'm not even here, I'm not present. I'm sure that it cost you like more stress in your body. I'm sure there was other things that were going on with your family, but to understand that you weren't present and to shift and make that transition to get out and to make more space for yourself. Was there any fears that came up of like, financially like okay well what does this mean for my family i finally made it now i want to cut it away like what the hell am i doing with my life does that come up did that come up for you yeah absolutely like terrifying again yeah it was like i think it was more scary than when i actually left the corporate job because (laughs) i didn't have those responsibilities and i didn't have those things and i was like yeah so i mean i did it in a way it yeah it cost me a lot of money we'll put it that way to do initially but like I put things in place where I didn't just go to zero, you know, like we, the business was still generating good revenue. So I have a course and like I said, I I maintained some partnerships in other things as well. And yeah. So uh, like I made sure that that was in place, that was covered. Like we weren't going to zero. Right. Um, And I always think to myself when I'm doing these things as well, like what's the worst case, like what's absolute worst case here? Like I, I sell the agency Nothing happens from there. Like, okay, the partnerships fizzle out. No one buys the course. What's the worst case? And I was thinking, well, like number one, there's still money in the business there. So if it, if I had to survive on that for a while, yeah, we can do that. Mm-hmm. And number two, 
I just go get more clients. Like, as you said, I've built a really good reputation. So like, I mean, I would be already at the door, you know, I would be there like, (laughs) yes, my day has come. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And we've got a mutual friend, as you know, who did that for like months. So they just kept. I have um, no shame. It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) That was it. I was just like, you know what? I, I just go get more clients and like, would I enjoy it? Probably not, but that's, you know, if that's the worst case, then we survive. There's food on the table. Everything's right. okay. Right. It's not the end of the world. And I just do that whenever I'm thinking through those things. I just think, what's the worst thing that can happen here? Like, we're not going to be homeless. I tend to do the same exact thing. Or like, no one's going to die if the email doesn't go out. You know, like those kinds of, like, what worst case scenario does help you because usually your fear kind of stops you right at like the precipice. But you're like, but also if I play the rest of the story out, yeah, I could start over. I mean, calling some clients and saying my my window is now open, you can now come here is really not the worst thing ever. I mean, people have to do worse things to make money. So in the scheme of things, it's not that bad. Totally. Exactly. Like it would be what I send a few emails out. I post on social media saying I'm taking new clients, blah, blah, blah. And off we go. Like, right. but yeah, I think that I think our mind is just irrational sometimes when fear comes up and it's like, oh, no, this is scary. And so we just freeze at that point instead of thinking, what's scary? Like, mm. is it scary? What what really could happen if I do this? You look past it and you go, oh, huh, that's pretty irrational. Like everything's okay. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. yeah. It is. And so with your with where you are right now, whether you're running your business now, you're partnered with your wife, her stuff is taken off. What is it that you desire? I mean, so there's a the book that's popping up into my mind is Danielle Laporte's book called The Desire Map. And one of the things she does in this book, instead of she thinks that setting New Year's resolutions is totally bogus and arbitrary. And so what she likes to look at is sort of like the spokes of the different areas of your life, personal health, spiritual, financial, like all the different things and sort of rate it on a zero to 10 and sort of see where that lands you on each of these different things. So you know, obviously, when you were running your agency full tilt, when you were working crazy hours, that personal and spiritual and time with your family number was probably at this all time low. And now you find more balance to that. So where is it that you're at right now? And what are you what are you aiming towards? What is it that you're kind of looking to build for yourself and your future? And I think I'd like to piggyback after that on to where are we taking ads? Like what's happening in that world? So for you personally, I like to hear from you on a personal level. Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, I still really love running ads for yeah. the the different, like for the different things I'm running them for at the moment, like for the partnerships and, and for my own stuff. So I think I don't see ads not being a part of what I'm doing, but what's really fun and really interesting at the moment is as we build this business around the YouTube channel and everything. So my role is like, I do marketing in the back end, and Emma creates the content. So she basically okay. just, yeah. So it's like, you make the videos, I'll figure out the thumbnail and the title and then the email list and all that kind of stuff. But as we're building that, like we sat down and deliberately, I said, let's talk about because this business is starting from the ground up. And so I just said, let's sit down and talk about like what we want this to be. Cause it's easy to fall into this trap. Yeah. Like I did the first time of just going yeah. more, 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 more. And before you know it, you're like committed to all these things and you can't just go, Oh, now I want to work less, less, less. So I'm like, let's build it <laughs> from the ground up. Yeah. Um, so the kind of the vision from that, like that we talked about was like, okay, you know, work like because the kids are going to be at school so you know maybe we work like four to six hours each day um, while the kids are at school and that's it and so we kind of wanted to go okay so then we can drop the kids at school we can pick the kids up we can spend time with them we can have weekends we can go away on holidays you know if, if we feel like it if when we feel like it without having to worry so building it in so that it's like we can batch a few videos and then go away for two weeks and that's fine yeah um and so looking at that, okay, so now we want to do four to six hours each per day. Mm-hmm. My wife takes currently has one day off a week as well um, yeah. to look after one of our kids. So, yeah. you know, it's like how do we build the business around that and yes. around that instead of well, let's build a business and make money and then after that we can figure it out because yeah. I don't know about other people, but in my experience that didn't work well. It's like, yeah. You know, 
I totally agree. And it's hard to scale back because you become addicted to that hustle too. And you're so used to, um, I actually just recently promoted somebody internally in my team and she was working more like an agency style with multiple clients. And I finally worked her down until she just worked for me. Yeah. Very persuasive. <laughs> I know, I've noticed this. <laughs> And I think part of it is like, hey, you don't have to work more than 30 hours here. You can just tone it down. Take it easy. Let's let's focus on the few things that we can do and really work on those priorities. And we can still move the needle forward doing less. And I love that you and your wife could sit down and, and paint this picture of how you want your life to look like and how you want to feel being like, that's basically what I do, too. I work 20, 25 hours a week. And I mean, I have clients, some of them are just starting out and they're like, I only have 25 hours of babysitting. I'm like, great. That's awesome. You got plenty of time. (laughs) That's all you need. And actually, when my kids were younger, I used to see clients and I would put my son down for a nap. We were on this like 90 minute sleep schedule. And I mean, I had him, it was like, I knew every 90 minutes he was ready for a nap. And so I would book my clients in advance knowing he was going to be taking a nap. Isn't it? It's like you think about it, I'm like, did I? I can't even believe it. Like, how long did I do it? I did it for a very long time. And that was before I invested in childcare, this magical thing. But I had to do that at first. But it, and I, and I did it for a while and it worked. But at a certain point, it's like something's got to give. I can't, I can't keep giving so much of my time. And your time is so valuable. And those little kids, and even when they become older kids, you know, you also want to have a life. And I was, I think I was telling you this before, I was talking to a woman who, you know, she's like, I'm a self-made millionaire. I'm like, yeah, I mean, I know a bunch of those. Like, it's not, it's not a big deal. But she was saying, we got into the conversation of time. And I said, I, I only worked this amount of hours. And she's like, well, I work so many more because I, I absolutely love what I do. And I said, I love what I do too. I also really love having a life. And like you said, vacations and time with my family. I like taking, like my husband and I were talking in bed one day last, was it last week or the beginning of this week? It was like the middle of the day. And we're like, oh, it was on Friday. I had just come back from a trip. We're sitting in the bed talking in the middle of the day. And he's like, this is great. Like we're just talking in bed about stuff. And like most people are at a job, like, I know, right? Like this is, we can do this, which is nice, but it is, can be, it can be challenging too, because my, my husband has a various schedule. He doesn't have a nine to five either. So we're, we're always kind of figuring it out on a day-to-day basis, but we're, we're making the life that we want to make. And I think that's what it's all about for sure. I think that's it. Yeah. I think now it's kind of, this is like round two for me. So I feel like this time it's like, okay, let's, let's do it differently and not make the same mistakes and just like build something that we, you know, that, that fits life versus changing life to fit the business that we're building. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And it is also a very feminine approach to doing business. The masculine model is you have to fit within this, these time that you punch in, you're only worthy of money if you work this amount and you work really hard. And so, I mean, this is like the change of the time. This is the climate of, I don't have to work. Like the pandemic happened and now we don't have to go to our office. We don't have to go, like it's changing the way we do work. So it's cool to see you bringing that into your life. So now we get to talk to this like juicy Facebook ads. Like I know, man, with the iOS changes, so much was going on. And I mean, probably for you is like day to day of like changes. And I know you've created different workarounds and really trying to be on that cutting edge of making things still work with the reporting not working the way it's supposed to work. So Yeah, I mean, that was really tough. Like, obviously, because there's conversations around, like, at first, before it even happens, it's like, hey, I'm seeing all this in the news. What's going to happen to my account? Like, what's going to happen here? Are we prepared? You know, so it was just a scramble to try and prepare. And then Facebook communication was like, I don't think that was deliberate. I think they just honestly didn't know either. They didn't really know what was going to happen. And so, yeah, trying to get everyone prepared and then, you know, trying to, paint a picture of what to actually expect when Facebook kind of, I don't think they really knew what to expect. Yeah. That was the first challenge. And then when it rolled out, yeah, I mean, it's been, it's definitely been the hardest time for advertising that I've been through in 
forever. Yeah. Um, it's like, yeah, and it's still changing. Like it's right. literally still changing. I think Facebook is still figuring it out. Overall, like, yeah, performance is definitely down across accounts. Like it's um, not what it used to be. And I just saw this morning Facebook actually have announced they're removing a bunch more targeting options around things that could be sensitive. So targeting based on different health uh, conditions, targeting based on a few other different things. I think a sexual preference was one huh. and a bunch, a few other different things. Like, yeah. So Fascinating. I think they're trying to get ahead of any future possible privacy issues as well. So it's just constantly changing. And mm. yeah, I think what's going to happen is I don't think it'll be like this forever. So these mm-hmm. privacy changes from Apple took away a lot of the data that we have. But I mean, for a company that makes however many billion, like is valued at, at over a trillion dollars, I think, um, or close to it, mm. you know, they're investing massively in this, like no doubt, because it's yeah. their that's their bread and butter. So mm-hmm. I think they'll figure it out. And I think it will will get back a level of reporting that's significant and meaningful. But at the moment, it is it is tough, as you know. I do. Yeah. I I just went into what would have been my biggest launch of the year, and it just was the most costly, turns out. And it wasn't for lack of trying. We we had um, somebody sort of on the side who was like our Facebook ads babysitter, where we were creating all the ads, and then we were consulting to make sure that everything was looking good and checking numbers. And it was devastating. You know, I have never experienced anything like that. And um and I was like, I'm just going for big air. I'm like, let's do this. I don't care. We're going to try. We're going to keep going. And we saw it all the way through. And that was definitely the many moments, I think, during that testing period. And as we were really jacking up and, and scaling the ads, it's like, we should just, should we just pull out and like, just stop and everything? I mean, it was like, just finish it out. Let's see how this rolls out. You had given some really great advice during that time where I was like, I don't know what I'm, what I'm supposed to do here because it can be really frustrating and tiring and costly. So, you know, on one hand, I think that there is a paradigm shift. We want to use these ads that bring in people and then bring them into a product or a service. And this is the funnel that we know with love and trust. And now there's parts of it that are kind of like not quite working. So how do we innovate? How do we How do we do things differently as marketers? Yeah, well, I totally get that feeling for like for a start. I mean, especially when it's the reporting that you lose. So you're literally yeah. putting money in and Facebook saying, well, we can't really tell you what we, what you're getting for your money, but trust us, you know, it's, it's all okay. Like, no, especially for a launch as well. Like a launch is a big one. So I, yeah. Yes. I you there. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, innovation, that's a, that's a good question. I think for me, like, although it's, it's, it's a bit of a paradox. So although I'm like massive on paid advertising and still am. Like I still think Facebook ads are fantastic, still, you know, spending a ton of money on them. And I don't think I'll stop in the foreseeable future. But I also think like in terms of innovation and building a business that's that's um, got a really good foundation and that's kind of going to stand the test of time, like something that I'm also really big on is content. And I yeah. think having a content foundation and something that you do consistently every week and put out there every single week yeah. is super important. So whether it's like you've got the podcast, right? And you mm-hmm. this on the YouTube channel and like you've got this consistent content. And so even if your Facebook ads for a launch don't go really well, you've still got a great audience and you've still mm-hmm. got people that you can speak to and that you can market to and and they can buy you things. And you know with with the YouTube uh, channel and the business there, you know that is our core content foundation that we'll have no matter what. Yeah. And, you know, so we run ads and whatever else, but if those ads don't work. So I think there's that as part of it. I think the second thing is like on more on the Facebook front, two things like analytics is huge. So we're really focusing on tracking outside. So Google analytics mm-hmm. and there's other tools you can use for that. We don't use those heavily at all though, mostly Google analytics and just having an external source. Like, yeah, how can we build something so that we can see and know, okay, we're getting this many leads, this many sales without relying on Facebook. Mm-hmm. So that's the second thing. And we can we can talk more detail on that if you'd like as well. And the third thing I think is, is diversifying across ad platforms. So Google ads, YouTube ads, whatever that may be, but having something or just dipping a toe in the water, getting a feel for that and, mm. and having some ads running so that if your main channel does fall, because, you know, a lot of businesses are making 
you know, seven figures in revenue off Facebook ads, yeah. even six figures. And if that drops, having all those things I said, like a content base and whatever else is great, but it still hurts to lose that. Yeah. So I think if you've got multiple advertising channels, it really provides a, a good little uh, layer of protection there as well. I mean, I love that you talked about consistency with your content and, you know, whether you're starting out or you've been around for a while, I think that consistency piece is really important, whether it is a podcast or a YouTube or, you know, even like a regular Facebook live show that you do to build audience. You know, back when I was a kid, we had to show up to watch our TV show at the time that it was on. We didn't have DVRs and we didn't rely on replays for everything. And I think there's still some people who really love and enjoy and and thrive in that kind of environment. They get to feel that person's energy when they're showing up. But we look forward to that as well. So when you were talking about analytics, this is something that I I think that my brain hurt a little bit when I was like, wait, I have to create a second funnel for just my ads. But that was a workaround that you had taught me around just tracking it yourself. If you have to be the one. And I know my marketing team was like, one more time, what are we supposed to do? (laughs) (laughs) I hate this guy. What he told us to do what? (laughs) Trust me, it's going to be fine. Let's just pretend that Facebook can't track our ads because they can't. Now we're going to make our own tracking system. And it was like, oh, this hurts. But it did work. I mean, it it did work, but it also is, it's hard. So that's kind of a form of innovation in and of itself to use Google Analytics or to create separate funnels that go in into different channels, <laughs> for sure. It is. It's just getting scrappy and doing what you have to do. Like it's... um. Yeah. And and it is good because it gives you like a source of truth. Like if you've got, if you've got a whole separate funnel that you only run ads to, I mean, you can literally look in the back end and go, ah, 50 leads came through you know, yeah. over the last few days. And I know they came from ads because the only way people can find this is through ads. Yeah. And so it, like it, it's innovating, but it's also a good way to do it just because you've got a source of truth. You're not relying on anyone else. You can look at the back end and you know exactly what the numbers are. Yeah. And so for the folks who are making a million dollars in their funnels and their ads are changing now, are they still leaning in as heavily or are they like what you're saying, diversifying their types of ads or what are the, what are the Goliaths doing in the industry? I think a lot like what we're doing. So, I mean, it's still going in pretty heavily. It has tapered off a bit and like for most accounts and talking to other people, it's tapering off a little bit, but Mm -hmm. no, it's just shifting and doing those things that we need to do to, to maintain that level of spend. And what I mean by that, because that sounded super (laughs) (laughs) wishy-washy, but it's looking at, okay, if we're getting a lower return on our ad spend, how do we, what levers do we have to pull? And so we're looking at just all of the little things across the board, because all those little pieces add up to a huge change. So Mm. we're looking at like, okay, how can we further optimize our ads, really getting into detail of like what's, what's working, what's not. Mm -hmm. And that is, that is changing literally like weekly, (laughs) but changing that, but that's not the only thing. So we're looking at like our landing pages. How can we improve the conversion rates? How can we improve the funnel and change the funnel? How can we change up our offers? Um, All of those little things. It's just, it's forcing, I think a lot of the big players, got to this point where it was like, okay, we've got a great webinar that works, a great evergreen webinar. We've got a great funnel that works and we just pump in cash with Facebook ads Mm -hmm. and it just puts cash out the other end and hasn't been changed for years, right? Like it's Mm -hmm. been the same system, the same funnel. And this is forcing that hand of like, okay, we really need to look at this. How do we optimize? How do we innovate? What do we need to do to keep this working really well? Like, yes, our ads might be more expensive, but if we can improve the funnel and optimize that and improve our conversion rates and get you know more revenue per lead coming mm. through the funnel, then we can compensate for the increased spend and we can mm. work to bring that cost down on that end, but we have to focus on the back as well. And I think that's that's the big thing. It's forcing that look at, hmm, a machine isn't working like it used to. Let's go back and let's start to really look at how we can optimize it. And yeah, that's that's the big thing and as, as well as tracking and and you know all the stuff we talked about. Yeah. How do you feel? I mean, do you feel like webinars or evergreen webinars are going to be what's 
existing in the future? Do you think people get tired of them? Like, you know, because I think there was a period of time where like, what? I can get a class right now when I want it. And now we've passed that point. We've like, you know, we've reached that tipping point where everyone kind of gets it. What do you feel is coming? I think there'll always be a place for them. Like, I think it's more a case of, so like when we're trying to get someone to buy into anything, it's it's just a case of taking them on that journey, like yeah. introducing them to you, getting them to know, like, and trust you getting the offer in front of them after a period of time and then getting them to buy. And a webinar just like is a one way to compress that. So totally. it just compresses that right down into like an hour. Yeah. Hey, total stranger, clicked an ad. Oh, I heard your story, learned about you. You pitched me an offer and I bought it. Yeah. So I think webinars will always have a place. Yeah, I think as long as you find and, and just like know your audience well and understand yeah. like what the best way is to take them on that journey in the shortest period of time, I think webinars will have a place. I think... Like you said, people are moving towards this on-demand. Like everyone expects now. There is no yeah. waiting. Yeah. So with webinars, often, you know, there's a wait time. Oh, you sign up now and the webinar's tomorrow. You sign up now and the webinar's in five hours. Mm-hmm. So I think there'll be little shifts. Like, and we're already seeing that, where it's just like you click, you sign up, and you get in and watch the webinar instantly. Yeah. Um, stuff like that, I think, will become more and more common with webinars. Yeah. I think they'll evolve slightly, but I think they'll always be there. Well, what we're noticing is like, I think it's also good to be mindful, especially at bigger spends, that of the fact that you you kind of need to change it up every once in a while too. Like if you hammer the same webinar for ages, like for mm. months and months or years, there's only a certain amount of people that are interested in that. Yeah. Like some people like to watch a webinar. Others would rather just get a five-day email sequence. Yeah. But you like if you're not catering to them, then like I think it's smart and I think we'll see more of it. In switching it up. Some people like to get a PDF and then there's emails on the back. Some people like yeah. a webinar. Some people like a five-part video series. So I think it's really smart if you've got all of those in your arsenal and you can swap between them mm. and like have them all out there and swap running ads. You know, maybe you'll run a lot of ads to the webinar for a couple of months then you'll switch over and run a video series and you'll switch over and run an email sequence. Things like that, like changing up those front-end offers, meaning the freebies that you're offering, I think will be more important as well. Yeah. And that's not to overwhelm anybody who's new at this. And like, I cannot even get a one thing in. And like, you're talking about like 90 things right now. And so like, just take a breath. <laughs> but I think part of it, is, what I'm hearing you say, I mean, back to your first tip about that consistency in your content. And I think even back to what you're talking about with your wife is like, it's okay to suck for a little while. But once you build up those muscles, your messaging starts getting stronger by default. I mean, you start getting better by default. And then you start to get people's feedback and you got to hear what they're wanting. And you can start then ultimately creating exactly what they want, which tightens up your messaging, which makes it easier to know if they want a PDF or a workbook or they want a video series or a live webinar or a replay webinar. And you can start leaning into giving people what they want and then rinsing and repeating enough times that you can start to automate it. So it's a growth period. It's not shooting out the cannon. When you just start your business, you're not going to try all these different things. But I think it's really nice to see the vantage point of like, what are the what are these people doing and how are they navigating through this? I think it's really interesting. And, uh, you know, we, we're definitely looking into doing various types of ads. I'm not giving up on ads. I haven't given up on them. <laughs> I'm not I'm not giving up on them. But I, I think that is a, we have to innovate. It's forcing us to innovate. And I feel like what I learned from my recent launch is that we did. We did exactly that. We were trying various varieties of ads and seeing what was working, what was not working. Your course is so foundational. You're probably going to have to update that now because of all these changes. Are you are you making like addendums to these sections? I mean, how do you even navigate that? Oh my gosh. I did three new videos for the course last week. Like oh it's, it's literally at this point, it's like, I would say, I'm recording and uploading new videos and replacing videos like once every two weeks, I would say at this point. Like it's, oh my gosh. Because Facebook changed all the campaign types. So now that's that's coming next because I haven't got that in my account yet because of course they roll it out to slowly. So people are like, hey, this looks different now. And I go, yeah, I've heard I can't actually do a video on that yet because I don't have it yet. But, you know, I know that's coming. And then, yeah, it's just this constant Oh, gosh, I don't envy you. I mean, that's a big one. I love what you were saying about the content there, like a couple of examples that that came to mind as soon as you said it. So I used to do a Facebook live show and talk about Facebook ads. And that was fantastic at the start of the business because I like when you're on a live show, people chat with you and you're sitting there and you're like, 
you've only got 20 people on the show, but they're interacting and you see the same names every week. And as it gets yes. bigger, you know, that's great. You can continue that, but it's not as intimate either. So right. like there's so much value. And like I just learned from talking to people and like picking up on what they're most interested in, what they what their businesses are like, how they would like help, all these kinds of things. The value was insane. If I didn't do that, if I just like built a funnel and ran some ads, I would never have got that. And yeah. we did the same with this new business. Like I said, we do the YouTube channel, we'll build the email list. And then before we build any products, we'll survey them. So we had like thousands of people on an email list, sent them a survey, said, what do you want? They told us, we made a course around it. And right? then when, when Emma was recording the course, like afterwards, she said, wow, if I, like, cause this was a recent conversation we had when she was saying she wants to delete her first videos. And she said, <laughs> God, if I recorded that course earlier, like, and hadn't done all those YouTube videos beforehand, that course would have been terrible. She was like, I was so bad on camera. She's like, but doing all that consistent like videos for, you know, however long it was before we made the course, like eight to 12 months, she goes, the course was so much better because I'd just been doing that over yeah. and over and over. Yeah. Yep. The value that you get from it is like, I feel like we're probably missing five other benefits, but it's just so important. Anyway, I just wanted to share those examples. No, I love that. That's so important. And I mean, it's true. Like if you tried, and I think that's what people do. They try to record a course or create a membership before they've done the thing and been sucky at it. And they want to go right to making sales. I did the same thing. My, I used to do you a regular YouTube, uh, not YouTube, um, Facebook live show. And it was the same few people, same few people. Next thing you know, there's like a whole bunch of people on it. And then something explodes and something shifts. But that's exactly it, that consistency piece. I actually, I was... Created a beautiful... Did you see what I did? I saw, I saw this. <laughs> I created this gorgeous thing. I did it inside of my 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 uh, mastermind. And I was like, oh, this is great. Maybe I should give this to more people. And we made it a nice, beautiful PDF. I taught the first class and I was like, this doesn't feel good. And I completely exploded it. And everything inside of me was like, well, you could still do this. You don't want to let people down. But then the other part was like, you are better than this, Emily. You cannot spend your energy on teaching email funnels. You are meant for so much more. You teach at a much higher level and, you know, really reminding me who I am at a soul level. I'm a healer for people who are building empires. They don't need to learn how to build an email funnel from me. They could learn from you. They could learn from other people how to build an email funnel that are like, hey, I'm really great at this. I'll teach you. I could, but it doesn't mean I have to. Right, exactly. If it's not lighting you up, like if teaching that isn't lighting you up and you don't have to do it, then yeah. why do it? Like I had so much respect for that. I saw it and I was like, that's awesome. Thank that's, you. Thank that's, you. That's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. And I did. I got so much love back. I was like, oh God, people are going to be so angry at me. But I got a ton of love back. I was like, oh awesome. This is great. It just confirms it. And, you know, I, I think that we all have to do that. We have to do what lights us up. And so I think, I think you've given so many amazing tips and just advice and what your wife has gone through and how you're helping her build and what you guys are creating together. I think this creates such a beautiful, well-rounded picture and helps people to really internally reflect on what they want and how do they want it to look. I think it gives people a lot of permission to do those things that light them up. So tell me, do you have anything that you do now, now that you're not grinding it out for whatever you said, 80 hours a week, or I couldn't, I think I blacked out when you said the the number. I was like, I just can't even retain this in my brain. It's too much. <laughs> <laughs> it was over 30, Emily, shut it down. Um, <laughs> but when you were grinding it out and you said, this is too much and you found that place of burnout, but you came back and you found yourself and you, it sounds like you've created a bit more joy in your life and presence in your life. So what do you do that brings clarity, that brings you that feeling of joy back and coming back into you? Yeah, that's a good question. Like <laughs> spending time with the kids, fantastic. Like I really enjoy that. And I, whenever I'm doing it, I just look at it and I think this is the kind of thing I will never look back and regret doing. Like mm. would I regret being chained to the desk? No, but spending time with the family. But yeah, just those other little things that I just let go. Like whether it's just seeing friends and going and doing things on the weekend where the attitude previously was like, nah, got to work. Sorry, mate got to work. Mm. You're doing that sort of stuff, getting on the mountain bike and going mountain biking a couple of times <sighs> a week. Love that. I mean, I know obviously you live in Australia. I don't know where exactly you live, but biking. Oh, love that. Getting in the woods. 
Or yeah, where do you- we live we live at the base of like one of the best mountain biking trails <gasps> in the country. So it's like like it's a two minute ride. There's no oh excuse. God. So it's fantastic. <laughs> oh, love that. Love that. The motorbike. I haven't ridden the motorbike in a long time. It's on the cards, but it's just been in the garage. So that's that's the next uh, the next thing is to get the motorbike back out now that it's warmer weather here. Yeah, and I mean, besides the lockdowns, do you and your wife get to have date nights, or do you got to, do you yeah. guys get to go out and stuff? Yeah, that's okay. the thing now. That's the thing. Okay. Now. We uh, we get a babysitter in every now and then uh, on the weekend and go out on a date night and do all that, which is awesome. Awesome. Um, haven't been able to with lockdown, as you said, but we yeah. can again now. So we'll start doing that soon. But yeah, just I don't know, just those little things and just being present, like yeah. not having my head in the clouds, thinking about work all yeah. the time weekends off like literally friday comes friday five o'clock finished i'll see you monday morning work you know i'm, I'm done i'm out just do whatever for the weekend um, Love that. that wasn't a thing for so long so it's yeah little <sighs> things good for you i hope you celebrate that because i know for some people you know that's a dream of like one day when i have killed myself enough i'll do that too but I love that you've created that for yourself and you had that awareness to make that space. I'm sure your family appreciates your time as well. And, you know, it's great to create those memories with your kids, man. It's so good. It is. Yeah, it is. It's it's fantastic. Yeah. Definitely worth chasing. If you've got a business, you know, remember the business is meant to work for you, not the other way around. Like it's, that's what I keep reminding myself now. It's like this, this thing we're building is meant to be for us. Not, we're not building a prison around ourselves. Like that's, you know, yeah. Amen to that. Well, Andrew, thank you so much for being here. So fun to have you. This is a great conversation. Um, where can people find you then and follow you? And then like, can we share your your wife's business too? Your, I mean, I'd love to hear about both of them. Where can they find you guys? Yeah, thanks so much for having me. I've had like this conversation has been so much fun. I really appreciate it. Yeah, so you can find me at andrewhubbard.co. And that's all my stuff, the Facebook advertising, the marketing side of things. And then, yeah, we've got the other business. So that's with my wife. And that's, um, you can find that at brightestbeginning.com. Okay. Um, so I don't know when this podcast will go live, but the website is launching really soon. So um, brightestbeginning.com or Emma Hubbard on YouTube is where you can find her stuff. Emma Hubbard on YouTube. Great. Well, thank you so much. This is a blast. I love to get personal and also, you know, techie piece. I think we kind of, I think we checked those boxes. We had a good time here. I think we did. Yeah, it was great. Awesome. All right. Thank you, Andrew. And you guys go check out Andrew and find Emma's YouTube channel. Go give them some love. Is your course being sold still? Are you still selling your course? You can find it on the website. Yep. Yep. Okay, great. Still there, still up to date. Yeah. And I would say like, I would highly recommend the course. I've taken it. My team is using it when we have issues. But seriously, if you guys are looking for somebody to show you the right ways and through the ropes and Facebook ads, and it sounds like he's paying attention and things are changing. So definitely, definitely check that out and get that course. Well, thank you so much, Andrew. It's been a pleasure. (laughs) 